You're listening to the Unframe of Mind show, the place to have the most mind-stretching, unprotected intellectual intercourse of your life. Your host, Daniel Wagner, battles the forces of evil by lobbing fiery balls of truth, reason, and evidence over safe room walls. All right, y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Unframe of Mind show. I'm your host, Daniel Wagner, and I want you to have a clear understanding by the end of this video about what this big deal is going on in the uh, media about this this memo that's that's been such the rage here lately, and especially in the last uh, couple weeks. Um, the uh, memo that every, everybody on the Republican side has been calling for to have released. On February 2nd, the memo was officially released. The only thing I wish would have been different is if it was released one day earlier, and maybe I could have called it, like, the best birthday present I've ever had, but that wasn't the case, so we'll just assume it was Trump's belated birthday present directly to me. Yeah, anyway. So in today's episode, the idea is just to kind of give a few brief points about what's actually in the memo, uh, what was the mainstream media narrative around the release of the memo before and after and, and how that's, uh, that's changed in the course of the events that have happened. So I've seen a, quite a few people try to sum this up and I think the best description comes from Dan Bongino. He was a former Secret Service agent. Dan says, Liberals are desperately hoping that Americans get lost in the complexity of this case. It's simple. The Obama administration spied on and targeted for investigation the Trump team without any real evidence to do so. Well, for anybody who wants to read the entire memo, I have included a link to it in the description below. So, And you can find it pretty much anywhere on the internet. It's, it's not hard to find. But I definitely recommend going through and reading it. It's pretty interesting. A little... A little wordy in terms of legalese, which these things are bound to be. But if you take the time to kind of dissect it and figure it out, it's it's really not so bad. But it does it does include a lot of things that um, a lot of us have already known for quite a while. At least at least those of us that have not been in, you know have been brainwashed by the mainstream narrative. Let's just jump right in here. So on October twenty first of twenty sixteen. The Department of Justice and the Federal Bureau of Investigation sought and received a FISA probable cause order authorizing electronic surveillance on Carter Page from the FISC. Page is a U.S. citizen who served as a volunteer advisor to the Trump presidential campaign. Consistent with requirements under FISA, or FISA, the application had to be first certified by the director or deputy director of the FBI. It then required approval of the attorney general, deputy attorney general, or the Senate-confirmed assistant attorney general for the National Security Division. It then goes on to say the FBI and DOJ obtained one initial FISA warrant targeting Carter Page and three FISA renewals from the FISC. So a FISA order on an American citizen must be renewed by the FISC every 90 days, and each renewal requires a separate finding of probable cause. Then-Director James Comey signed three FISA applications in question on behalf of the FBI. And Deputy Director Andrew McCabe signed one. So one of the things that stood out to me when I was first reading through this is that Deputy Director Andrew McCabe just had this mysterious desire to go ahead and retire early, um, a couple days before the memo was set to come out. Um he was supposed to retire in like March, and according to sources that I've read so far, it seems like he was allowed to take his leave early or his his extra vacation days or something, some some way to be able to get out early. 
Now, I'd be curious to find out where in the heck this guy is right now and why all of a sudden, right before this memo is going to come out, all of a sudden he just up and leaves. So the dossier compiled by Christopher Steele, which is usually known as the Steele dossier, this this big dossier that claimed that Donald Trump uh, went over to Russia and hired a couple Russian prostitutes to urinate on the bed that uh, Barack Obama and uh, his wife had slept on. So, wait a minute. Yeah, 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 it's that Steele dossier. So anyway, the dossier compiled by Christopher Steele on behalf of the Democratic National Committee and the Hillary Clinton campaign formed an essential part of the Carter Page FISA application. Steele was a longtime FBI source who was paid over $160,000 by the DNC and Clinton campaign. This was used to obtain derogatory information on Donald Trump's ties to Russia. Now, here's a couple important notes that go along with that. So, neither the initial application on October 2016 nor any of the renewals disclose or reference the role of the DNC, Clinton campaign, or any part or campaign in funding Steele's efforts, even though the political origins of the Steele dossier were then known to senior DOJ and FBI officials. The application does not mention Steele was ultimately working on behalf of and paid by the DNC and the Clinton campaign, or that the FBI had separately authorized payment to Steele for the same information. One of the things I noticed before we move on is that on October 21st of 2016 is when this uh, probable cause order was issued. Uh, now, if you do your math right, that's approximately 20 days before the election was to be held on November 10th. So it kind of has this appearance, as far as I can tell, of this this last-minute Hail Mary pass of, oh shit, we might actually lose this election. We need to do whatever we can to bring this guy down, discredit him, make him look like a total animal so that surely nobody will vote for this guy. So what we ended up with was, I what I think, a pretty messy operation that they were hoping that, well, if the, if the Clintons had gotten back into power again, all of this would have gone away. We'd never seen any of this. And this strikes me as an effort to throw caution to the wind and say, fuck it, what do we got to lose? Uh, we got to do something. So if you think back during the same time period, you notice that all the media coverage and everything that all the papers, everything was saying that 95% chance Hillary Clinton was going to win this thing, no matter what. Um, Trump has no chance to win. Like, she's got this in the bag. And everybody was even acting as though, you know, hey, we got this. Don't even worry about it. And I have this feeling like behind the scenes, you had this mad scramble of, oh crap, what are we going to do? What are we going to come up with? We need some dirt. We need something really good, really good. And this is what they ended up coming up with. And these are the breadcrumbs that got left behind that you can read about in this document. It's, it's, it's pretty interesting. I'm not going to go through and read the entire thing, but um, I, I do want to hit on a couple, a couple other notes in here. So Section 4 goes on to say, While the FISA application relied on Steele's past record of credible reporting on other unrelated matters, it ignored or concealed his anti-Trump financial and ideological motivations. Furthermore, Deputy Director McCabe testified before the committee on December 2017 that no surveillance warrant would have been sought from the FISC without the Steele dossier information. So let's see. We've got this scenario where we have created this fake document where we've made up this incredible, salacious crap 
we've thrown a few tidbits of credible information in there to make it seem plausible, or, or at least give it some plausibility anyway. And, and, and then we go ahead and just um, use this fake document as a, a means to get the order to go ahead with our, with our uh, wiretapping. Seems pretty straight, cut, forward, and dry to me. The last thing I'm going to mention is about the Strock Lisa Page. I'm not, I ain't got no freaking idea how to pronounce this last name, but anyway, the, the, there was some text that went back and forth uh, between uh, some high-ranking FBI officials that also reflect extensive discussions about the investigation, orchestrating leaks to the media, and including a meeting with Deputy Director McCabe to discuss an insurance policy against President Trump's election. So I found it kind of interesting after I after this was released to kind of see what what was the what was the Democrats and the mainstream media's narrative before the memo release and how has it changed after the memo is released and and, it, and it's quite a stark difference and if you look at it through the eyes of somebody who's you know might be lying or might be trying to cover something up it makes perfect sense why you would choose a specific strategy before the memo hoping it wouldn't be released and then after the memo to try to minimize it. So, in an article on CNN, published on January 23rd, it says the Democrats argue the effort to declassify that memo is the latest attempt by conservatives to damage special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation. So what we have is this constant push to try to prove the Russia narrative. The Russians did it. Trump's working with the Russians. The Russians, the fucking Russians. Like it, it, it's getting, it's like a broken record that they they don't have anything else. This is all they have, and they have come up with like zero evidence, and they're continuing to push this narrative. Anyway, so their 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 whole argument is this that that's that's the direction they're going. They're they're going to continue to say, okay, it's the Russians. That's that's what's going on, and and. Anything that Trump does, including this memo, is just a, an attempt to try to throw us off the trail and, and, and try to fire Mueller. They go on to wrap up the article saying that Democrats like Representative Adam Schiff, the top Democrat on the House Intelligence Committee, argue that pressure campaign is nothing more than a partisan attempt to protect Trump. Schiff called the memo a profoundly misleading set of talking points drafted by Republican staff attacking the FBI and its handling of the investigation. In another article on NBC News, they continued this this whole narrative, and they, they even went a step further. The article was published on January 19th, and it, it claims that right-wing demand to hashtag release the memo endorsed by Russian bots and trolls. All right, so I happen to know for a fact that, okay, while maybe it could have been some Russian bot activity, it really wasn't the majority of it. I was involved in a, a huge effort to push memes and to push uh, content and awareness and we were using the hashtag release the memo to get our, our message out. Um, matter of fact, uh, soon after um, Twitter decided to take the hashtag release the memo off of the trending hashtags list, um, then the media started saying, oh, it's Russian bots. Um, there was a, a pretty quick secession wave of people taking pictures of themselves, holding up signs that say hashtag not a bot or hashtag Russian bots or, you know, whatever the case may be. Actual people taking pictures and saying, hey, we're, we're real people. We're not Russian bots just creating this crap. I mean, this is this is real. Um, I, I don't know how how much that narrative can hold up with this kind of activity. But then again, 
who knows, because Twitter seems to be in huge control over these things. So the NBC News article goes on to show Donald Trump Jr. tweeting out saying, Americans deserve to know the contents of the memo. Democrats and deep state government officials are doing everything they can to protect those within the government who used their positions of influence to target those they disagree with politically. Release the memo. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's not a Russian bot, but, you know, maybe it's just me. Uh, they, they show another tweet by uh, Representative Steve King, uh, a conservative Republican from Iowa, saying, I have read the memo. The sickening reality has set in. I no longer hold out hope that there is an innocent explanation for the information the public has seen. I have long said it is worse than Watergate. It was hashtag never Trump and hashtag always Hillary. Hashtag release the memo. I mean, it's pretty interesting how all these high, high up power players continue to put out these tweets, drawing more attention to the memo. We've got a bunch of grassroots efforts, people trying to get them to release that memo because, you know, I think anybody that's been actually paying attention knows that the whole Russian narrative is complete bullshit. It's a complete cover up to try to hide the fact, uh, the involvement in the Hillary Clinton campaign, the, the involvement with Obama administration and the Clinton uh, Foundation and everything else that kind of goes along with uh, all, the, all the evil, corrupt bullshit you keep hearing coming out of politics. The article goes on to say, Democrats say the memo is the latest attempt by President Trump's allies in Congress to discredit the Russian investigation and denigrate the law enforcement professionals who are running it. They say it is a disturbing example of how the Republicans are working hand in glove with Russian bots and trolls to push what the Democrats see as harmful distortions. So they, they, they kind of paint this picture for you of these evil Russian bots and Trump and they're all holding hands and working together. There's this evil cabal of <laughs> anyway. So Representative Adam Schiff says uh, this this may help carry White House water, but it's a deep disservice to our law enforcement professionals. I'm, I'm kind of curious. When did the left start suddenly worrying about law enforcement professionals? I thought we were all, you know, Black Lives Matter and fuck the police and all that shit. I thought that's so all of a sudden when, you know, you might have your shit exposed. Now, all of a sudden we care about the rule of law. Like, like, when did that start happening? Anyway. Toward the end of the article, I thought I thought this was pretty interesting. Uh, it, it starts out saying one former senior government official. Now that's kind of curious. Like one former, like what what does that even mean? Who who is who is that? Like, and what makes them such a expert? Like, gee, I don't know. Let's uh, let's hear your source. I, I don't I don't know what what this is about all these mainstream media sites that don't want to like name their sources. That makes no sense to me. Like. I think I think that's how we validate information and truth. This mysterious person says uh, anyone who suggests the FISA warrants in the Trump Russia case are scandalous, the former official said, is criticizing the FBI agents who prepared them, the Justice Department prosecutors who took them to court and the FISA court judges who approved them. Let's not forget we're also criticizing the people who paid for the information. The candidate was designed to help the outgoing administration that helped it along. And the foundation whose dealings were to be kept under wraps, just to name a few. So this was just some of the general stuff that was coming up in in describing what what it is that's getting ready to come out, why we need to worry, and the, the general feeling on like social media was this this is terrible. We should not release this. This is going to be detrimental to our country and our law enforcement. It's gonna undermine our agencies and it's gonna ruin everything. 
and, and and there's this this mass hysteria and panic and like the world's gonna fucking end if we go ahead and publish this memo and Trump is going to be responsible for destroying the world and that, that's that's the kind of feel you get with these kinds of things um because quite frankly they're trying to hide it they don't want this thing to come out and they want to enrage people and get people all worked up in a tizzy and a hysteria just to, just to keep this thing under wraps so maybe people will freak out enough that they'll demand that this not be released however it was released so in an article by the blade of all places which which this was kind of interesting because when i clicked the headline link on the on the uh, google search uh, it showed me that the article was gone it was completely gone so i actually had to use our little friends over at web.archive.gov to use their wayback machine and see what was really there before well i can't figure out why they wanted to keep it hidden or why they deleted it or what happened but anyway so Trump authorizes the release of controversial Republican memo. The article goes on to say the memo's release would threaten to further fracture the frayed relationship between the president and his Justice Department and intelligence community. Gotta like that uh, alliteration right there. That's pretty pretty good writing. I mean, further fracture the frayed relationship. Anyway, so both of which opposed the release of the document, which is based on classified intelligence. The FBI issued a rare public warning on Wednesday that the memo omits key information that could impact its veracity. Now, no doubt in my mind whatsoever that this is the new narrative that's going to be in there. And it's, they're, they're going to say that, well, there's important information you guys need to see. This isn't, it's not that bad. It's, it's not what it looks like. Not all the information is there. So, so just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's, it's fine. It's fine. You just haven't seen all the information. Really, you know, you know, we, we just, we're just, you know, hanging out and, you know, got a couple drinks and, you know, we started making out and you, it's not as bad as it seems. No, you know, you don't believe me. Anyway, you, you get the idea. This is, this is all just an attempt to see doubt to make people kind of go, I don't you know. It seems pretty damning, but, you know, if the FBI says that there's no, you know, there's more information, that there's more to this, then eh, I guess we ought to trust them. Yeah, we should totally trust them. You know, hashtag Gulf of Tonkin. Think about that. Okay, the article finishes out saying the release comes despite a lobbying effort from senior officials at the FBI and Justice Department who argued that the memo contained inaccuracies. Let's see. So you've committed a crime. You don't want anybody to find out about it. You're dead set on hiding all the information. Um, you're willing to discredit your opponent in any means necessary. And you're also concerned that... What? Somebody's going to find you out, so we shouldn't release the memo, right? That makes makes perfect sense. It's, saying, it's like, like, well, you're the one that did the crime, and you're the one telling me that we shouldn't release the information that points to you to... Yeah, you see how this doesn't doesn't work. It's like, hello, hello. Okay, so it's interesting to see how how this whole narrative is going to play out over the next few days or maybe in the next few weeks. And I think you're going to see a big bum rush of quick succession of events happening where uh, it's like dominoes getting knocked out. At least that's what I kind of hope is going to happen, that maybe some people might actually be starting to be held accountable for their actions. I'll, I'll hold my breath on that one, but you get the point. In a statement by Carter Page, who was the original target for the entire FISA court witch hunt, if you will, 
he goes on to say, uh, the brave and assiduous oversight by congressional leaders in discovering this unprecedented abuse of process presents a giant historic leap in the repair of America's democracy. Now that a few of the misdeeds against the Trump movement have been partially revealed, I look forward to updating my pending legal action in opposition to the Department of Justice this weekend in preparation for Monday's next small step on the long, potholed road toward helping to restore law and order in our great country. All right, before we wrap up, I just need you to understand that this this entire thing, regardless of what the mainstream media is going to try to tell you, this has nothing to do with Trump himself, okay? This would have been done to whoever was running against the Clintons, okay? Th- this could have been any of the 12 or 16 or how many Republican uh, frontrunners there were to begin with. This would have been uh, any anything that they could do to discredit the other guy and get Hillary in power. That was the number one goal. Get Hillary in the president's chair. If if that doesn't happen, we're screwed. We need the power. And we're, you know, if, if you, if you kind of follow the dominoes where they lead, what was about to happen was if Hillary did get into office, you've got a number of things that would fall. Um, first of all, I do believe with all of my heart, we were going to go to war with Russia or China or Iraq. Or all, a little mixture of all three. Who knows? Because there, there's some much deeper level stuff going on with all this. If you don't understand what I'm talking about and want a much clearer picture, I think I would recommend checking out Stefan Molyneux's video, The Inevitable Collapse of the U.S. Dollar. Prepare yourself. I will have a link for that in the description below as well. It's pretty uh, pretty interesting to see what links people will go to to maintain their power, and this was yet another example. And if, if Hillary would have won, we would have been going to war with those countries, as I, as I just said. Um, another thing that would have happened is we would have been giving amnesty to millions of illegal immigrants, which would have been enough, more than enough, to tip the voter rolls over to where the Republicans would never again see power in the House again. It, it was this important for them. Uh, they, they were looking to knock the opposition out completely, and they would have done it. It wouldn't have been no no question at all. Very easy to do. So as events progress through the next few days, few weeks, just be be aware of a little more what's going on. I, w- I would recommend definitely research and, and figure it out. Don't, don't just listen to what the mainstream says because they're going to try to downplay this so hard. They're going to try to make it to where we don't we don't need to worry about that. Everything's fine. Nothing to see here, folks. Don't worry about it. It's fine. And and, and it's they're going to kind of lull everybody to sleep and just hope that it kind of blows over and goes away. Um, because really, quite frankly, they don't have any other option. Now, I'm pretty sure they're going to continue to try to keep pushing forward this Russian narrative because that's all they've got. That's the only tool in their toolbox they've got anymore. And if this doesn't work, they they ain't got shit. So, I don't know. Just uh, let me know what you think in the description below. And I really hope that this video and all my other videos have, have done at least a little something toward unframing your mind and giving you some different perspective on life. If you like what you hear, do me a great favor and share your videos out with other people and click that subscribe button and, 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 uh, Follow me on my uh, social media channels and, you know, all that crap you're supposed to say. But, you, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, you can find me anywhere uh, at Unframe of Mind. Um, I'm pretty active on the Twitters. I'm pretty active everywhere. But, you know, I look forward to interacting with you all in the comments section. And uh, till next time, my name is Daniel Wagner. 
Wow, was that not the best ideagasm you've ever had? Want to do it again? Go to unframeofmind.com to find more mind-stretching, world-altering podcasts, videos, and articles, and get those critical thinking juices flowing.